Welcome to the Being the Change podcast. This is Kristen Vanderveer, your host here with Isabel Kiyosayan, your other host. <laughs> we are the founders of Meditation Without Borders. And tonight we are talking about how everything and everyone, everything is a spiritual path and everyone is on it. <laughs> <laughs> and how we are all devoted to something. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are all serving something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're a little rusty. It's been a few weeks since we've done this. So Bear with us. Bear with us. I actually had a hard time even remembering the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Can make a new intro. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, it's kind of a generalish subject and we'll see where it goes. But um, we've just been having this conversation about how there's people who think, you know, who feel very separate from those who are meditators and who are those who are into their spirituality. And they're just like, you know, that's not for me. I get it all the time. I'm sure you do too, from people yeah. who, are, who hear what you do. And they're just like, mm, no, yeah, I'm good. And also yeah. the other way around some uh, meditators also kind of feel like, Oh, the non-meditators. Right. That there's some, Something. Yeah, they're not on this path. I can't really relate to them. Yeah. <laughs> like they're another species. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and we tend to forget that we're all this evolutionary path. Some people are on a different pace, mm-hmm. but we're all evolving and we're all on a spiritual path. It's... It's really everything is is um, we go through is some cause for growth. You know, it's um, so whether we know it or not, you know, we're all on a spiritual path. Some of us are actively participating in that, you know, trying to cultivate their own growth, trying to encourage their own evolution. Um, and s- some are not. <laughs> At least not but consciously. Not consciously, right? Well, they they wouldn't say that they're they're um, into spirituality or anything yeah. like that. Um, or they'll be, they might be like, I don't believe in any of that. Yeah. And the truth is, you know, whether or not you believe in it or not, doesn't make any difference. In yeah. The same way, it's like if you don't believe in gravity, you still stick to the earth. <laughs> so. <laughs> And even though uh, we might not agree on, you know, if, you know, maybe somebody who doesn't meditate, they, they wouldn't necessarily think they're on a spiritual path. But I think we, what we can all agree on is no matter what your state of consciousness is, you know, if you're consciously, you know, working on your evolution, everybody's doing the best that they can. Yeah. Nobody consciously wants to create suffering for yourself. Nobody wants to suffer. No. <laughs> and I think this kind of weird schism between, you know, those on a spiritual path and those not, I see this all the time in my students, you know, when they're like, I'm dating someone who doesn't meditate, who's not into any of this. Like, are we going to break up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had one student um, who told me like, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, you know, worry you, but who are you going to (laughs) date? I 
sorry. It relates to what you were saying. Just wanted yes. to put that out there because I thought that was really funny. Like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't seem like you have trouble <laughs> finding interested parties, but that's just my observation. But I, I, I think I think what you were um the point that you were kind of going with that is that it's not that because you meditate, you can't relate to, to people who don't meditate. Right. And, and I think everyone, you know, I can meet people who are, who are like, I'm a, you know, a sworn atheist and yet they are, they'll work in a soup kitchen, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, so a lot of times people belief systems, they may be a very spiritual person, mm-hmm. but they don't, they're not into quote unquote spirituality as mm-hmm. a subject matter, but they're doing things that are full of spirit. <laughs> I love and- that. <laughs> There's this comedian, he's, he's English, Ricky Gervais, yeah. and oh, he's yeah. like, <laughs> a sworn atheist but he has this show on netflix called afterlife have you seen it i haven't seen that show i've heard of it though it's um so just the the premise of it is that his wife died and so he's so fed up with life that he's just like gonna do whatever he wants to do and he like doesn't care about anything and like all the experiences that he has are you know deeply of the spirit (laughs) And so the, the friendships that he, like, he makes friends with this woman at the cemetery and she's like a very spiritual person and the conversations that they have. And it's like, yeah, this is written by an atheist and it's so deeply of the spirit. Yeah. Because everything is that, you know, all this is that. So we're all, we're all evolving. And even those of us who are, you know, who are rejecting who may have had upbringings with spirituality that we have rejected because of various reasons or dogma got to be too much or, you know, even, or even people who are actively, you know, using drugs or, you know, kind of trying to numb themselves in different ways that they too are on a spiritual path because even our obstacles are there to, guide us you know even those those things within us that we find that are holding us back this has been an interesting thing for me recently is is you know i have some trauma history and the trauma is stored in my physiology and i always had this feeling like well if i could just get that out then i'd be you know more enlightened mm-hmm. that this is holding me back and i just have had some interesting cognitions recently that have shown me that it is, it's almost like that it's that, that trauma within my body is letting me, it's something to push off from. And it's a contrast experience. And I'm actually, it's accelerating my growth and in some ways not hindering it. So even these things that we think are even holding us back are, are these incredible teaching tools and teachers within us. Um, so all of it is, is, (laughs) it's all the spiritual path. And so if we have someone in our lives, who's not a meditator, is not into any of that kind of thing. And we are, um, 
just look and see like, well, what is it? Where is their Soma going? Where is their attention going? Like, and they could be very spiritual without being into spirituality. Um, and this gets into a little bit of that, like this idea of, you know, we're all devoted to something, which is like, where is one's attention being offered? Mm -hmm. Devotion is that, um, it's like, where, where are you, um, our Soma, our, our attention flow, you know, Soma is that, that word that means like flow of consciousness. Mm -hmm. We all have that, you know, if you look to your right, you see something, it's like, okay, now you're right now, my Soma is going to the, the garage door and now it's going, I'm looking at my left hand. It's like, we're constantly directing this, this attention flow. Mm -hmm. And when we are constantly putting it on something, that's a form of devotion. Yeah. So for those who are constantly thinking about their problems, they're devoted to their problems. <laughs> <laughs> People who are constantly thinking about the possessions that they don't have, you know, they're devoted to that. For people who are constantly, um, you know, what, like where is your attention going? Mm-hmm. And this is interesting because meditators, our soma flow is actually getting redirected inward. So for most people, it's like it's an outward process. The soma is always going out. It's on this task or this task or this person or this goal. And for meditators, it's, it flips around and goes back to its source. Mm-hmm. So the soma flow it changes direction, goes inward, and so now that's how a meditation is an act of devotion is the soma flow is actually going back to that one divisible whole consciousness it's like it's going back to god so your very active meditation is devotional in that sense that it is it is your awareness is going back there and becoming that and, you know, it kind of relates to that famous Maharishi quote of, you know, everything we put on our, t- our attention on grows in our life. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if we are constantly thinking about our problems, our soma flow is going towards that and we kind of make them bigger in our mind mm-hmm. and we suffer for more from it. And so um, just relating to what you were saying about um, what happens in, in our meditation practice Uh, When students tell me, you know, they fall off their practice and they ask me, how do I get back? You know, how, how can I return to my meditation and be, you know, do it twice a day, every day. And I tell them, think of it, not as something in your list of things to do. Think of it as an act of devotion. Yeah. And so, because that changes everything. If you have a list of things that you have to do during the day, you know, I have to exercise, I have to, you know, pick up my kids, you know, from school and I have to do this and I have to meditate. If, you know, you're running late, you're like, oh, I have to pick up my kids and then I won't meditate. And that it'll easily fall off the list. But if you think of it as an act of devotion and we're naturally devoted to things that make us feel good. So for example, you're a very devoted mother and that, (laughs) You know, that's not what came to mind. I was like, I'm devoted to that chocolate cake in my fridge. <laughs> well, it makes you feel good too. 
but you know, you're, you're an amazing mother and you inspire, you know, whenever, and this was even when we did our training and this would happen to all of us who would hear you talking about your children, you're like, I want to be a mom now. And so, because the way that you talk about your children is so inspiring. You, you, you're such a devoted mother and everything you do, and you do it because it makes you feel so good to love your children. You know, it, it, that, that love that you pour to them, it, it returns to you and it makes you feel so good. And the thing, same thing happens with our hobbies. You know, you're, you're an artist, you, you write, you, you paint, you dance. And the, when we do our hobbies, we, we make time for it because it makes us feel so good. We're devoted to these activities. And so if we think of our meditation practice as an act of devotion towards ourself, and our big self too, that will naturally make us more inclined to meditate. And, and that devotion to our higher self and going inward will just establish ourselves faster in that state. And our soma will flow to places that are, are more in tune to what we're becoming. That's beautiful. Um, I, I like to think about Another way of putting it is in terms of devotion is like, we're all serving something. This whole creation, every, every bit of consciousness is serving something else in some way, you know, and that service is that devotion that, you know, some flow. It's, it's, and, um, you know, recently I've been thinking about how my body serves me and I serve that higher self and acknowledging all the things in life, not just my body, but everything that is serving me, you know, and supporting me. Um, that I'm like, well, I need to serve something high because mm -hmm. it's like, I owe it to all that's serving me to serve the highest that there is. And, and the problem when we are so full of stress in our bodies is we serve our stress you know, we're serving those pockets of distorted consciousness. These, these little beings in our body that have these wants and like these unsustainable mm -hmm. things. And they make us think things. They make us think distorted thoughts. And so, so much of our soma is going, getting filtered through this distortion. And we're, we're serving these, the, these stress beings in mm -hmm. us, in our physiology. Um, like anytime you do any unsustainable behavior, um, they're serving your stress. Yeah. And, um, just think about the amount of time wasted when, when we're full of stress going towards coping mechanisms and things that are unsustainable due to the fact that we're so full of stress, like so little of our time actually feels like there's that pure flow when and can, can be devoted to something higher mm -hmm. because it's, it's got too many obstacles to it. So meditation lets you serve your highest self. It lets you serve that. And well, you become that as well. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like this merging that happens, but for me, it's, it's also, it's like, wow, you know, I, I've been given so much in life. There's so many beautiful teachers have come my way. So many, um, so much support. And, and so it's almost like, you know, like I, I want to 
pay back that support by, <laughs> by not just serving my, my stress pockets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, but it, it is interesting to think about what, you know, to me, it's like, it's like that currency of Soma. If you keep an eye on the currency of Soma, it sort of has a leveling effect and, and it helps shift your, your perspective to see like, wait, where is all my attention going? Mm-hmm. You know, where is it going? Is it going to a job I hate? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, is it going to this relationship that I'm not even interested in? Like is you can kind of see when you see like this, this most valuable thing you have, even your money is just representation of Soma, you know? you put attention into something you get paid for Like everything yeah. is kind of this, this, it is the, the currency yeah. is attention and awareness. And when you kind of look at it that way and see where it's poured, pouring into all these things, whether it's like, wow, I, I literally spent the afternoon thinking about my problems, you know, <laughs> I literally yeah. spent that whole weekend do going to that, you know, festival that I, I don't even like jazz music. <laughs> yeah 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 (laughs) it's it's very um eye-opening and that's to me how meditation when if you're having trouble getting motivated to meditate it's like oh wait a second this 20 minutes it may not seem like much on my to-do list but when i think about it in terms of the soma flow and how if i just put 20 minutes of turning my soma flow inward to my highest self that is so much more worthy than this Netflix special. <laughs> yeah. And that on its own will start to make you change where your soma flow is going. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of puts it in check. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, no, I'm this is too much time wasted. Yeah. And I, I want to really highlight something that you said that I, I really loved about how we, we're constantly serving something, but beings within us also serve something greater. And for example, I loved what you were saying about kind of our body serving us and our legs serving where you want to walk to, or, you know, <laughs> our hands, what we want to grab, who we want to hug. And so we, we tend to kind of forget about how important our, our body is but it's serving everything. We don't really think about, you know, what our organs are doing and what our cells are doing, how they're supporting our whole immune system and our body to continue allowing us, this is super corny, but allowing us to live. And so there's this Ayurvedic uh, massage, uh, Abhyanga it's called. And it's this uh, self-massage and Abhyanga in Sanskrit, it's like this oil massage, but oil and love are kind of the same word in Sanskrit. And so whenever I do Abhyanga, which I don't do as often as I should, (laughs) (laughs) I actually did one today, believe it or not. Nice. Nice. It's actually, when you do it, it feels so good because you're pouring and soma is, is supposed to be kind of like this liquid substance. And so yeah. you're kind of pouring that your soma represented in oil and you're giving yourself this loving massage and it kind of forgets like, oh, my arms, my beautiful arms, oh, my fingers and my ears and my feet and, and kind of like 
redirecting that love to your body it's it's so rewarding and it's so nice it's like thank you thank you for serving me and carrying me through it all even though at times I've ignored you and given you crappy food and you know put you to the test with how exhausted I've been but here you are serving me yeah it's been you know our culture is so messed up on this front especially for women Mm -hmm. And, and I've been indoctrinated into that thinking too, where it's just that constant inner bashing of our physical form. You know, like how many women do you know who are like, love their bodies, you know, truly have no issues there at all? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know any, I, I certainly have all kinds of baggage on that front. Um, but when I started thinking about it more as like, oh, my body is serving me. And I like how, how terrible of me to, to send all that negative negativity to, you know, and to eat past I'm full just to like stuff the stress down, ignoring the signals of the body, which is like, I'm good. I don't need any more. Like, you know, how disconnected we are from the body and and by being disconnected in a way, seeing it as other we um we we can kind of hate on it or we can abuse it and um and for me that 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 body serving me it's like well i i i have to serve it too you know <laughs> like i need to and if and it expects you know like i've been given this it's, mm-hmm. it's, i shouldn't take it for i shouldn't take this for granted and it and i've been given this tool to to do something good with my life yeah um it's like I had a friend she had a baby recently and you're a mom so I'm sure you can relate to this um so she she had the baby and you know she was breastfeeding and she was in at the same weight that she was before she got pregnant and she was like she had a little like meltdown with her mom like I'm so fat and I'm ugly and you know and her mom was like hey her mom is kind of pretty conscious. And her mom was like, hey, don't talk to your body that way. Like, do you have any idea what your body has done? Like, it made a baby. Like, it made a life. And, you know, and, and now it's, it's making you be able to feed that baby. Like, do you know that the, um, the beauty of that? And you're upset because you don't have a flat stomach yet? Like... Yeah. come on yeah yeah and I, th- I think we've just been so indoctrinated because I, I certainly every time I had a baby had those feelings and like how how awful to poison that experience with that you know mm-hmm. it's and it's so fascinating you know what our bodies can do um that they can grow human and then you know, they could like yeah. expand to the size of a planet, or at least I did, and then like actually return to a form. I mean, it's fascinating. Um, so yeah, so this is my my personal apology to my body for all that. But I feel myself moving on from that and and also realizing that like, okay, well, I you know, so much has served me. What am I serving? You mm-hmm. know, and keeping that that in the background at all times. And, and like, so how do you serve your highest self? Like, what does that look like? What is, what does a spiritual path look like when you are really 
attuned to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think some people have misconceptions of that too, where it's like that a spiritual path has to look like something um, that it has to look like, um, you know, if you're, you have to be a meditation teacher, for example, Mm -hmm. or you have to be a yogi or you have to have a lot of followers. Look a certain way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look very, you know, have wear fancy robes and beads and look really fancy. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, and that, you know, spiritual path, even someone very involved in their own spirituality can be someone baking cookies. It could be someone Mm -hmm. who's, um, there's a woman I know she's incredible. You know, she's, um, for a profession, she shines shoes for a living and, um she also sponsors a lot of people through aa Mm -hmm. and just recently you know she's going through some health issues and dozens of her um friends through aa came to support her like flew from all over the country for a weekend to support Mm -hmm. her a lot of them getting tattoos with like her her the flower representing her birth month like on their body Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm like well think about like that like that's someone who incredibly spiritual, you know, <laughs> incredibly influential, but it doesn't look the same as, you know, someone who's got, you know, four books out on, you know, divine feminine or, you know, it's like, yeah. and has an Instagram full of lots of white <laughs> things. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. There's like yeah. a whole look. Absolutely. I like that look. I wish Me I could too. pull off that look. I Me can't too. pull off that look. <laughs> but um, it can look like anything. It can look like exactly what your life is now. It's just, it's more about your being than what you're doing Yeah. that way. And that, you know, what does it look like when you are devoted to your higher self? It means that you're choiceless and that that inner self is is dictating what you're doing and you don't know what it is so it could look like anything mm-hmm. it could look like um you know sending you to the grocery store it could look like oh actually you know you've got to give a ted talk like it could it could be anything yeah um but what it, it's more like what does it feel like and that's the key yeah what does it feel like does it feel you know fulfilling does it feel natural does it feel you know good good i don't know is he you tell us what does it feel like for you Uh, (laughs) as the enlightened guru you are it just you don't really think about it like for example i i feel like i'm very devoted to my students but it it just feels natural to me because i feel so much love for them and so you know i feel like they're the the bravest I can't help but be devoted to them yeah I understand it's it's incredible like it feels like an incredible privilege to get to watch and hold space for Mm -hmm. people finding that inner self you know finding that direct link to it and then all the growth that comes from that and it, it can be messy you know? yeah yeah and getting to be witness to that and and um 
you know, it's, it, there's so much vulnerability there. There's so much um, just beautiful human honesty through this, the, the process of the growth of our students that, yeah, I feel, I feel that too. And it, it kind of, it, it doesn't mean that, you know, it's, it doesn't require effort because it does but it I guess yeah the, the path spiritual path would be frictionless mm -hmm. it's a good word yeah. for it because it's full of action yeah you know? yeah yeah as you we were saying you know it, it's an interesting life <laughs> yeah I, I had to make a distinction the other day someone who was like they're just like oh i'm just surrendering i'm not doing anything i'm not making any decisions i'm just surrendering i'm like there's a difference between surrendering and no action i'm like yeah. surrendering often has lots of action yeah yeah <laughs> no activity like there's a lot of activity in that surrender because when you surrender you'll get pings for what to do and there's a mm -hmm. lot of assignments there it's not just like waiting for something else to take care of it yeah um but it is interesting because it's it's like you you're letting go of control from that individuality standpoint, mm -hmm. and um, and yeah, that that higher self is a much better writer of <laughs> a story than I could be. Yeah. Um. So I, I just let it serve what it's going to serve up. <laughs> Sometimes it's pretty bananas. What does it feel like for you? Oh. You know, it's um, it's weird. It's both kind of fast and slow. And that in some days I'm just, I feel like, oh, I've always been the same. And then others, I kind of remember what things were like a decade ago. And I'm like, wow, mm -hmm. I was such a completely different person. Mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 the evolution is so exponentially fast. And yet it feels like so much more space and stillness. So there's this dichotomy to it. And, um, and just so much more, I appreciate that. I feel like I have so much more understanding and mm -hmm. appreciation of others and, um, and just feeling that love for people that people I even hardly know, but have met and see some kind of see their struggle or see their, their bravery or see what they're going through or just see their humanness. And, and you can't help but get those waves of love constantly that's what I love the appreciation of others and the ways of love and, and also letting go of of what all those expectations mm -hmm. you know not having those all the time like thinking like having these visions for my future visions for what my life could look like and constantly trying to align everything to those mm -hmm. visions it was exhausting um, cause sometimes I would do it. I would get there and I would just be like, well, this still sucks. <laughs> exactly. And then it's like, what are you devoted to at that point? You're devoted to people's opinion of you, right? your opinion of yourself. Outside validation. Exactly. You know, just, you know, this, I mean, I was an art director, so you visualize, you know, and as an mm -hmm. artist, you visualize something and you try to create it. And, but when you do that to your own life, and that's not to say that, you know, sometimes it's good to kind of, if you have that inner feeling of what you need you can try and make that happen but but this is, was more like this painting a picture of like mm -hmm. okay well happiness looks like this and happiness has these clothes and happiness drives this car and happiness has this boyfriend and happiness you know this is what that is and so painting the happiness picture and trying to match it mm -hmm. from a very 
very superficial way, um, you know, that dominated a large part of my life. And I kept, I kept getting the picture and was like, oh God, this isn't, and honestly, it was a blessing to be able to get the picture, you know, because mm-hmm. then I would get it and be like, this, this isn't, this, there's no there there. Yeah. Um, so then I'd paint a new picture, <laughs> to mm-hmm. keep going. but it took enough after a while, I just realized that it, it doesn't matter. So it, like, really, I feel like this is kind of what really old people must feel like when they just get to that point where they're just like, they don't care about all the bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know, they're, they're real. Like, they're real. You know, I feel like you get to that place sooner. No, I love, I love all the stories of how people come to meditation because it's, it's usually something humbling in some way, you know, mm-hmm. something that's, that brings them to their essence. Mm-hmm. And then when they're brought to their essence, their essence can finally tell them what it wants. Mm-hmm. It's in, but when we're so in our worlds, it's like, we can't hear that, that, that inner voice. That's like, this is what is really important. We're just like in our to-do lists and in our, you know, our little circles of life. And then suddenly something has to come through to snap us out of it. And then, and then it's like, then you're brought down to that core self and the core self is like this, all that stuff didn't matter. This is what matters. Mm-hmm. But so the, the, the thing, whatever the catalyst is, is always so different, you know, yeah. for some people it's, it's a health issue for some people, they lost somebody for some people, it was the pandemic for some people. It was, you know, just, I don't know. It's always something, some story. Mm-hmm. Um, those stories are always so interesting to me to hear. And I love thinking about it in the, in the way of, of this is this is my kind of romantic uh writer's mind but i think about the vedic viewpoint of how we have all these lifetimes right we have all these lifetimes with the senses going out with the soma going outward and this idea of like happiness is out there and doing that research over and over and over again and Mm -hmm. finally at some point in some lifetime there's that first moving inward where the awareness turns around and goes inward and like that is the beginning of the end in a sense it's like that's where the enlightenment starts to really speed up Mm -hmm. and so every person's trajectory has this somewhere in their story and it's such a massive moment which is why for me when i'm giving out the mantras like it's so powerful from my perspective i'm like this is probably one of the most important things in this person's life (laughs) or lifetimes it's like they've finally gotten to the point where they're they're no longer looking outward and they're looking inward mm-hmm. and all the different ways that people get to that point and that it's oh. been so long. And then finally they get there. And, um, and the fact that, you know, the honor of being the one to help shepherd that. Yeah. That's, that's why I do this. <laughs> I love it. And it, and it is such an honor. It, it, it's really humbling. Mm. It really is. And uh, to think about, you know, some people, I, I, I like to think too, that like this lifetime that they've learned to meditate and to get to that point, like all those things were leading to here, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, that they 
were born in this body so that they could have this experience that they could go this way to finally get through enough stuff in their life to get to that point where they have finally met themselves you know this isn't about me it's about them finally finding themselves inside and going there over and over again to reacquaint themselves with that um but all the things that bring them there and that, this is what's going through the back of my mind when I'm talking about someone who's vacillating whether or not to take the course. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Or is is it worth the money or like things like that? I'm like, like in my in my mind, I'm like keeping my mouth shut because I'm really like, actually, this is like the most important thing you'll ever do. And <laughs> the amount of money you've spent on garbage <laughs> is nothing compared to this. So do you really want to? continue being devoted to Doritos right? <laughs> or online shopping exactly or, you know like what you know even your money that's your summer flow too like what yeah. is what are you what are you worshiping what are you devoted to yeah and and, and when we say you know you worship yourself we don't mean like oh my god I'm amazing hmm. it's like you're worshiping your big self your your the universe yeah. And that big self is everything. Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and that's why, you know, when, when you start to worship and become devoted to that, you become devoted to humanity, which is kind of what we were saying, right. like, you, because it, it, it is in everything and humanity and nature. And, you know, that really switches something. And so you become yeah. devoted to life itself. I'm super corny today. Um, <laughs> I like it. We're going to write like a chicken soup for the soul. Yeah. Creative meditation <laughs> edition. <laughs> but it is, it, it, you know, it, it really, really is. I, I think one of my favorite parts of, of teaching is, you know, like what you were saying, like, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your story. Tell me about, you know, what you've been through. And and it's just so fabulous to get to meet so many different people with so many different stories and what they've been through because everybody has a story and everybody has a beautiful little heart, you know, trying to make the best possible experience for them with whatever they have. And, um, and it's just so beautiful, you know, to, to hear them and meet them and, and I think that that's what I, what I have become most devoted to. No, it's, it's interesting because, you know, now I'm always split between my devotion to my kids and devotion mm -hmm. to my students. And it's always this, like, it's all kind of one, you know, mm -hmm. like my kids are kind of like a version of students, but, um, but it, I remember before I became a teacher and I was working in, in marketing and I was, designing ads and things like that. And it, it was actually one of those powerful moments when I realized where so much of my SOMO was going mm -hmm. was, was when my daughter who was really little at the time came up to me and she asked like, what are you doing mommy? And I was making an ad, you know, Photoshopping this picture of a model with the shoes that I was selling in. Um, She's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm making an ad for this shoe brand. And then she's like, but really, what are you doing? <laughs> and then I was like, I'm making this woman look pretty. So people want to buy her overpriced shoes. 
the, the job seems so like, you know, if you're at like a party or something, people ask what you do. It sounds so glamorous. Like I yeah. work in fashion. I'm like, you know, da, da, da. and then it was like, no, what am I actually doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is what I'm spending most of my time doing. This is where my life's attention is going is towards, you know, making people feel like they are lacking something, you know, not to yeah. put down all advertising, but you know, that was kind of where I was at at that point. I was like, wow, this is, this is not worth pulling the soma from my kids in a sense. It's like, because what I have to take my attention away from them, it should be going towards something really worthwhile. Yeah. So even, I didn't even know what the term soma was at the time, but I did have this, like this mini epiphany, which was like, my soma is going towards something that I, if, if I think about this lifetime and where all the, you know, we have a limited amount of attention flow, so mm-hmm. of awareness flow, like where is a lot of it going at that point in my life? I'd say most of it went towards my work mm-hmm. and it's like, it was, you know, advertising in general is known for just, you know, taking all your weekends and all your free time. It was just like, it was just this Soma bandit of all Soma bandits. Mm-hmm. But I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to take time, like having kids in a way help me, this is back, goes back to that, like we, these things that we think are pulling us back mm-hmm. in some ways pushes forward. It was like by having them help me to, to, to realize how precious my awareness was and that, and that if, if whatever I'm doing needs to be really high value because it's taking from, from them in a sense, their, their attention. So, um, so yeah, so I think, you know, this, this sort of curating your Soma <laughs> yeah. is, um, is a, is a beautiful way to sort of take a step back and look at your life and, um, and help to motivate you to, to get to your practice, to do those things that make you feel good. Do, you know, look up an Abhyanga, you know? yeah. <laughs> like look up these things that are just going to make you feel whole. And then from that place of wholeness, then do action. Exactly. And the more um, you, you redirect that soma to places where you feel uplifted, the higher quality your soma becomes. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I, I do like, to, especially when it comes to parenting, you know, it's so tough because so much so you're tired so much that half the time it's like garbage soma (laughs) i have garbage soma all the time where i'm like i can barely like you know um you know i'll I'll just be like here here kid here's an ipad i'm just gonna sit next to you and (laughs) just like in the fetal position (laughs) but it's true that it's like that 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 um dimmer switch gets turned way up like when you're meditating it's like your that flow of attention is actually increases exponentially it's very powerful for people like mm-hmm. when when you're a meditator and you're and you're giving someone your attention they feel a difference because there's so much more consciousness coming through you and everything craves soma everything craves attention you know, the, the oneness is really just, you know, watching itself, watching itself, watching itself in all these different forms. And so all those forms want that nourishment of Soma. 
even food is, is like physical soma. Like it's, it's the attention of the sun and the attention of the water and all the elements. It's like, it's, it's all soma. And so the same with cooking your food, sorry to interrupt, but no. you know, one of the, the principles of Ayurveda is trying to cook your own food because you you're putting soma into your food. And mm. so when you do that, you just, you do feel a difference. It is crazy because there's a, a, a man who did the food for my last exploring the Veda course and he's an Ayurvedic chef and he's a Joji. He's this incredible guy. And I don't know what it was. It was just beans and rice in the same stuff we always serve. It was so unbelievably good. And I yeah. know it was that difference. It was that Soma he put into the food. Yeah. I, um, I have a student. She gave me like um, a jar of ghee that she made herself. It was the mm-hmm. sweetest ghee I've ever had. <laughs> Like she sung mantras into it because she's also a yoga teacher. So she, you know, she knows a lot of uh, Vedic songs and it was sweet. And there was not like no shirt, nothing. It was the sweetest key. And I know it because of the Soma that she put. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got, I've got some, the Lakshmi ghee. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) I'm like, I was like, I only have like a tablespoon left, but yeah, (laughs) milking it as much as I can. Um, and so, yeah, the, this, this concept of Soma is really important and, um, and just, and just, and just figuring out like, what is it that is important to you and what is it that you're prioritizing and getting yourself on a active spiritual path versus the spiritual path, which is the path of ignoring the self and then having the big self come and push you along. Yeah. <laughs> That we talked so much about, like, what does it look like to be on an active spiritual path? Yeah. We didn't get into as much, like, what does it look like when you're on the spiritual path, but you're not really <laughs> taking an active role? Mm-hmm. What that means is that the big self is the one pushing you. And, it, and it's it, rough. Yeah, it's rough. It's, you'll have a lot of friction. It's not that pleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's. You know, it can, it's still beautiful in its own way because you have these catharses and these breakthroughs and these, you know, moments of beautiful humbling. And storylines that are, you know. <laughs> tragic storylines. Yeah. But it's it's beautiful, but it's, man, it's, it's to live through it can be tough. So, um, so yeah, so we, we recommend. <laughs> the frictionless path. The frictionless path. Thank you all so much for letting us explore this topic with you. I don't even know what this topic was. We just kind of, <laughs> like it's hard to even explain yeah. in a nutshell, but, um, but we really appreciate you listening. And uh, if you'd like to hear more of our episodes, you can find us at meditationwithoutborders.net or on Apple podcasts or Spotify or any of those things. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Jigger Dave. Jigger Dave.